Brand Storytelling, Episode 1. The business itself, the brand, the marketers, they need to let go and let the brand journalists, let them find the story and not always be making it about them, the brand, the product, the service. Brand Storytelling is the podcast that helps brands develop their message, strategy, and customer base through quality content created by a global newsroom of professional journalists. Brought to you by Newsmodo. It's hosted by Newsmodo CEO Rakal Eppley and brand journalist Phoebe Chong Chua. Hey everyone, welcome to the brand new brand storytelling podcast. I am so excited to be here. I'm coming to you from sunny California in the US. And I'm coming to you all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, this is super exciting. (laughs) I love what's happening in the podcasting world. And most important, I love what Newsmodo is doing. So we've teamed up to bring you invaluable, rich content that you can utilize to power your brand, get your message out there, gain exposure, work with journalists from all over the world. We've got you covered. And you know, what we love to do, and I love this part, don't you? Because it's, it's all about the branding archive files and, and looking back in history at, uh, you know, how branding has evolved. And it, it really has, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. There's a great story about the Michelin Tires brand and how initially the actual Michelin star booklet was given out so that people could actually travel from restaurant to restaurant and, of course, burn down those tires. So branded content in different ways, shapes or forms has been around for decades. Uh, That is such a great story. I love that. And they were really, really creative. But all right, this is the one we have for you from the branding archive files. It goes like this. It's an excerpt. And we'll put uh, this excerpt onto our show notes page over at newsmodo.com. Many people didn't read newspapers, so inventive advertisers and their advertising agencies, which started to crop up in England in about the 1800s, found other ways to reach potential consumers, including men wearing placards, banners streaming from handheld poles, and even umbrellas sporting signs. So we're not alone here today. We've got a really exciting guest and a good friend of mine, Trevor Young. Trevor is obviously uh, the PR warrior, also based here in Australia. He's a communications expert. He is pretty much on the front line of the communications revolution, and we're really excited to welcome you aboard, Trevor. Thanks, Raquel. Hi, Phoebe. How are you going? Doing great. I love the accents, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, What is so exciting about this is, first of all, here we are, you know, from all different parts of the world, practically, and we're coming together on this podcast and and showing brands how they can really start to own the publishing space. Trevor, what would you say a brand needs to understand about that process before they just jump right into it? Well, um, there's quite a few things, but I think the the number one that probably gets left a little aside is audience and just understanding your audience and uh, gaining insights. Some some companies have probably got a lot of insights on their audience and others uh, maybe have to uh, do a little bit of work. But rather than by looking at your audience, um, you're trying to focus on um, specific people and their interests and what's relevant to them and what are their pain points that you might be able to help them with, etc. But if you try and appease everyone, as we all know, 
it's it's very very difficult. You you probably end up being irrelevant to them. So I think by focusing on what what people I call audience avatars, other people call buyer personas, but really focusing on who you're trying to communicate with and and what do you want that what outcomes do you want them to take away from the content that you produce? That's a really fantastic point, Trevor, and I think it goes along with also an authentic voice because once you've identified that audience, you can really work out how to best speak to that particular group of people. So hand in hand, if you've done the the groundwork and identified the audience, then it makes it a lot easier to be authentic as well. Absolutely, and I I think the other thing there is, you know, with this whole content marketing and brand journalism space, you know, companies are becoming their own media company, their own media channel. And if it's one thing the media gets really right, it's one thing that a, uh, an industry magazine knows. It knows its audience really, really well. Yeah, Trevor, I, I think that's um, definitely true, and that's certainly why so many brands are starting to look at hiring journalists. But you have to have sort of a meeting of the minds, right? You have to have the journalist that understands the storytelling and also understands the branding and the marketing. What tips can you provide related to that? Well, it's it's probably the area where, you know, brands are on one side and, and, and traditionally it's always been about them, their products and their services. So the people running the brands and the marketing teams, or in some cases might be PR or, or the, maybe even the, the CEO gets involved. But the number one thing is that they need to understand that it's not about them um, as David Mehman Scott, the author of the New Rules of Marketing and PR, has said for you know probably seven or eight years now, no one is interested in your products and services. Um, they're in, interested in what's in it for them. So there's that side, whereas the journalist on the other side doesn't want anything to do probably with the brand side of things. So they need to give a little bit to understand the messaging and the narrative and the goals of the, the business and the business itself, the brand, the marketers, they need to let go and let the journalist or the brand journalist who's coming in to create the content to let them delve into the story and give them a little bit of rope and um, and let them find the story and not always be making it about them, the brand, the product, the service. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've got a great quote from Stephanie Lossie, who's the former PC magazine and Fortune reporter. Um, she put it really well as working as a managing editor of Dell Global Communications. She understands that the worst thing a brand can do is talk about themselves and really just talk to the reader rather than speaking with the reader. And she says, the reason to launch your own content site is not to crow about yourselves, but actually you can try to do it if you like. But I, pro- but I can certainly promise you that uh, the audience will vote with their feet and move away. It's like any interaction. Do you prefer to spend your time with people who can go on and on about themselves or whose conversation adds something to your life and addresses your needs in some way? And I think that's a really valid point. I think so as well. And, you know, one of the other trends that I'm seeing out here in the U.S. is sort of this documentary-style advertising. And I'm wondering, Trevor, in particular, what you think about that. And I'm speaking of 
um, if you're familiar with some of the very popular podcasts that are that are out there, they're obviously voicing it over. The host will voice over an ad. But now what they're starting to do, like in Startup, which um, w- is founded by a couple of people who came out of a uh, public broadcasting system. And so they're really bringing that journalistic style, but they're now moving into the space of entrepreneurship, of building a brand. So they themselves are finding, all right, we have to, you know, we have to highlight ourselves and we're taking in sponsors and they're using this documentary style approach um, for advertising. So it's, it's really that native advertising that we're looking at. Well, I, I think that, the, and you, you, talking about the startup podcast, which I've, you know, been listening to, and it, it's when it was like a breath of fresh air when it started. And uh, obviously, there'll be a lot of copycat coming through it. But I think what we can take away from that is that, yes, have sponsors, and I don't think the public are too worried about it. But I like how the main sponsor was MailChimp and how they, again, let the journalist and the expert do their thing. And I think as a result, they got so much more kudos in ways that I don't think they would have even expected. So I think sometimes it's a bit of trusting and not trying to control and not overkilling because people aren't stupid. They MailChimp, I, I think I got a bit more knowledge about MailChimp from the way that they handled it um, on, oh, it was on the startup podcast than if they said, hi, we're MailChimp and, you know, we're a great <laughs> service. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so I think it, that way worked incredibly well. And it was almost like third-party endorsement, which, you know, is, is what we all like and, and know in the PR industry is incredibly powerful. And Phoebe, just to your point on the documentary style native advertising, there's a great piece of research that was conducted at Stanford Graduate School of Business recently. And the finding was really interesting that information that's actually being woven into a story, they found is actually remembered up to 22 times more than the facts alone. So there's a real uh, basis for an argument to weave your information into something that actually speaks to an audience through something like a documentary like that. I think it's brilliant. Well, it's just like films. I mean, you know, out here, Super Bowl went on. And um, when, when we're watching the Super Bowl, I'm watching and all these commercials are telling via cinematography and stories and some with very little conversation or dialogue in it, just simply great cinematography, music, but this whole story being played out, which is, you know, as, as a former TV journalist out here, in the U.S., I love seeing that because it's really bringing it together. It was hard-hitting um, and very, very compelling. And and you're absolutely right, Raquel. It it will be remembered so much more. I mean, Budweiser had a great one with the little lost dog. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a soft spot. Stirred the pot, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what they say. They say if you put animals in anything right it's going to be watched (laughs) or listened to so it was like the marley and me of advertising oh my gosh i love that movie (laughs) recall that that um, stat that you just said it it reminded me and it going it's going back many many years i'm not sure if you remember a a guy called um, david ogilvy who who was the founder of the ogilvy advertising uh, agency and he wrote a book years ago. I think it was called the, the Confessions of an Advertising Man, if I recall. But don't hold me to that. But he was always talking about, you know, going back years and decades ago, that how editorial was read twenty times more than advertising. Therefore, you know, it's twenty times more powerful. And for, coming from an ad guy, that was quite a uh, an interesting stat. And 
Um, not sure what the basis of of how we got to got to the stat, but you know, I, I, that's been sort of burned in my memory for a long time. And and I guess coming from PR, that you know, we always do know that the editorial can be incredibly incredibly powerful. And uh, the goal then for for brands is if you're going to create editorial, make sure it is editorial and it, it has that uh, integrity of the story. Yeah, and I think, and Phoebe, I would love to hear your thoughts on this with your experience in helping brands really showcase their expertise through that storytelling. Um, we work at Newsmoto with a, a company here, a bank called ANZ, and they have a fantastic platform called Blue Notes. And obviously, they can really showcase their specialities through uh, the material that we produce on that platform. And I'm sure that if you would be able to share with us that the best um, outcomes for the clients that you're working with uh, in the States, it must also be where they're showcasing their expertise, would you say? Oh, it's absolutely that. Um, if, you know, it's, it's like what Trevor said, though, at the beginning, don't talk about yourself. So if you can find ways, in fact, um, I had interviewed um, a bank, and they were talking to me about how they were uh, using, not interestingly enough, they were using old school marketing, which by that I mean your direct mail pieces and your email, just because some of their audience was actually, you know, found to be using that method. Um, and maybe not as much of the podcasting or the newer um, technology. But no matter which method they were using to reach them, they were telling stories about things that were relevant to that customer. And that's how you hook people today, in my opinion. You've got to reach them through that story. That's why journalists really are finding that we're seeing a, a mass exodus from, you know, the publishing magazines, the newspapers, the television stations. I mean, obviously, those markets are shrinking. Therefore, jobs are shrinking. But they're also looking at it and going, wow, I can I can be employed by a brand and I can tell great quality stories that are really relevant to the same, you know, a similar audience that I might have had in, in news. Trevor, why don't you kick it off? I know you had some tips that you wanted to share. And we will, of course, for all of you listening, we'll have this in the show notes. So you can just head on over to newsmoto.com and you'll be able to find it there. Well, I think my first uh, tip, Phoebe, is humanize your content. And by what I, what I mean about that is to you know, collaborate with writers and bloggers and experts and third-party academics. Um, what about your internal experts? Get them out. Putting Because how many times do we see an article and it's written by admin and there's no face to it and we can't link to that person on Twitter and, and, and chat further about it? And I think what, what content marketing and, and social media has really allowed businesses to do is to tear down the walls and allow people a bit inside inside your, your business. And as the uh, don't know if you've heard of the Edelman Trust Barometer, it's a it's an annual uh, report done by Edelman, the PR firm, on taking the the pulse of the people and, and in terms of their trust of business and and media and in, uh, and government. And one thing that always comes up is the trusted source of information. Uh, very high up is external third parties, and like an academic or a uh, internal experts. So, or that, what about journalists, Trevor? <laughs> oh, and journalists. So they're, they're, they're like the, the external third parties. So, but the exactly. thing is, get these people, you know, come 
have the journalists and as their name, get the bloggers, get the get the people internally who 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 have got the expertise. They might not be able to write it, so interview them. Get the journalists to be interviewing them and do, maybe doing it as video or something like that. But bring out your people, your experts, or or bring them in as as you know external third parties. Um, as, as a sort of a stopgap as well. And I think that, that by humanising the business, that's what you're starting to, uh, I guess, differentiate your brand from anyone else's and your content from anyone else's. Just on that, what's working really well at the moment with our client relationships is offering uh, the engagement of a particular journalist who has a personal branding already outside of the work relationships. So there's that trust already built there by the journalist's personal brand through the work and, and their experience that they've had over their career. And the brand is then engaging them to work on a project, which then brings that um, trust by association into everything that they write. I think it's really, really exciting. I think it's incredibly powerful. And, and, and again, if, you know, uh, the quality of the content is is needing to go up and up and up and up just to stay in the game. And that's where, you know, a lot of people who are experts in whatever, they might be engineers or whatever, they might be, you know, financiers, they've got great information, but they're not going to sit down and write maybe the best article, you know, getting them to sit down and write it's going to be really difficult. So if that's the case and they don't want to do it, interview them, get them interviewed, get get that out there and get their story told or, you know, or increasingly we're seeing do it on obviously video or audio. So I think, you know, there's a great canvas um, to play in that space. And I think for some brand that's maybe just starting out because one thing that I've seen is that all of this is well and good, but budgets from the brands need to catch up with this. They, they need to understand that money needs to be allocated um, for the creation of content and also the distribution of that content. You guys want to tackle that? Well, I, yeah, well, you're right. You need to, you need to invest. There's no doubt. There's obviously, um, man hours involved and there's a cost with that and then bringing in external third parties to help create that content um, where there's a need for that and yes as you say the amplification um, through various means as we know Facebook is pretty much a paid medium now and you've got native advertising through the likes of Outbrain and and, and through major media partners so um, what I like to you know tell my clients is you know you've got X amount of budget in, in your you know in the marketing department but you know, what are you doing that's you're spending money on that's actually probably not working, that may have worked for you five years ago but isn't working today? So it's not necessarily about finding more budget. It's about using the budget uh, more effectively and the things that aren't as a, being as effective today, maybe you trim that back and you put that towards the, um, the content creation and distribution. That's a really good point. Good point. Uh, one, one thing that I'm, I'm really bullish on, I suppose, given we're on a podcast and we're speaking about it um, today through the, about the startup podcast, but it's about the power of audio content. And, I, you know, video is very powerful and sexy and it works and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I think we're going to see brands use a, a heck of a lot more of it and it's going to get more professional. Uh, but I think audio is kind of, kind of still gets left beso- at, the, at the back end a little bit. And what I like about audio is that you don't have to commit to a podcast. And as, as we all know, podcasts work very effectively when they're very regular and you publish it kind of the same time at the same day of the week, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a lot of brands will, will not want to commit to that. But think of, be creative with 
with audio. You can do it through SoundCloud, so you can do quick interviews on on things. You don't need to always go to video all the time. And um, and I think the use of you know, you imagine if you something was happening and you wanted to see get a comment on it, but we couldn't really get a video in to do it. Just just record it quickly off a, off an iPhone, even with a little microphone, and quality will be good. And you can put it up to SoundCloud and then embed the SoundCloud player on your blog. So I think there's uh, some creative ways to to use audio. Oh, absolutely. Cool. And you're, you're right about that. SoundCloud, Stitcher, all these different uh, places that if you don't want to necessarily have that regular schedule, you can simply put it up there and have that archive of educational material available. My top five tips would be to be authentic. I think it's really important, as we mentioned earlier, to come from an authentic voice. Um, and my second point that would lead into is to understand your audience. As Trevor said, the critical thing with all of this is to know who we're actually communicating with and what they need to hear, what will work for them, not what we want to tell them. Um, certainly to use empathy, I think within that voice, if we understand the concerns and the challenges of the client or the customer and the audience, then we're going to go a long way to helping them. Um, also, as we just spoke about to showcase your expertise, I think Often we see um, companies go out with all sorts of messaging and some of it gets so far off track from what they're actually there for and what they stand for. If you can build out your content schedule, content calendar from material that actually all points to what you do best, then all paths will lead to, I, I imagine, a great outcome for not only you in a marketing sense, but also for the audience who really want to come to you for that expertise. And as Trevor just explained, exploiting all platforms. Content now doesn't have to be just so linear in, in one way, shape or form. Um, Trevor and I are working on different ways that we can slice and dice material. We might do a video inter interview, we might do a podcast, and then how can we then um, clip that up in so many different ways so that we can provide little insights that come from those conversations in all platforms. So they're that's my good, big tips. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, uh, Raquel, that, that chunking down the content. Um, it, the, I've heard the phrase, Atomize. Not sure I like the phrase. It's a bit jargonish, but um, um, someone you might, you guys might know is uh, Jay Bear, who's um, in charge of the Convince and Convert blog, and has written a fantastic book called Utility. Um, utility with a Y O U. Utility, and uh, he he's written a, an article recently. He he has this thing called uh, Jay Today, where he gives he does I think three or four times a week. And just using an iPhone, and he records three minutes at a time what's on his mind at that time. And he turns, he wrote an article where he's, he turns that um, three minute video into, I think, up to about eight bits of content and how it goes across go. medium and tweets and all sorts of things. And so he's he's got a three minute video that he turns into seven or eight bits of content and, and he calls that atomizing yeah. and there's a great is, lesson in that. It, it's a great lesson for journalists in particular as well because even with the iPhone, you know, there's, there's so many different ways that you can carve up an interview um, that you've even done remotely through something as basic as an iPhone and obviously you can scale that up but there's really a lot of potential for freelance journalists to not just pitch um, in a one-dimensional way, particularly with us at Newsmodo, we're really encouraging, uh, even at the pitch stage, how can this particular story be told and shared in more 
complex and engaging ways than just a written article or going out and shooting a, an interview. Yeah, it's absolutely all about that multimedia package. So you have the photos, you have the video, you have the audio that can come out of it, the print story, the video news story out of it. Um, and yes, you can then spin it in so many different ways and repurpose it uh, for many different platforms. Before we head out, just give a brief update about what's happening at Newsmodo. It's a really exciting time. Uh, we've been working on the website, so if you haven't checked that out in the new year, that's been completely refreshed. We've got great opportunities for journalists. We're featuring journalists now on the site, helping them build their personal brand, connecting them with long-term uh, opportunities. And obviously, we're starting to create a lot more content. So there'll be all sorts of opportunities to work with us on that as well. Thank you all for being part of this in our very first episode here at Newsmodo. You can check it out in the show notes. It's really exciting, Phoebe, and thank you for joining me on our inaugural podcast. And I'm really thrilled that we're, we're underway and we've got a lot more in the pipeline. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Brand Storytelling Podcast. Please visit newsmodo.com to view the show notes for each episode. If you like the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and review in iTunes. It helps others find our show. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you here next week.